0: hello everybody and welcome to the latest edition of skewed and reviewed cast i'm gareth creator of skewed and reviewed and you can catch us online at sknr.net as well as on uh, panalcentral.com keyword skewed which is an archive of our uh, some past game reviews we've done for about 20 something uh, papers in various markets you can also catch our uh, quarterly magazine, Skewed and Reviewed the magazine. We just put out the latest issue a couple weeks ago. That includes our summer game preview. And, of course, you can always catch me each week on BJ Shay's Geek Nation on KSWFM. And uh, it's been a kind of a crazy couple of weeks. Last week, we didn't do a show because Justin is on vacation. I was uh, just wrapping up. Uh, CinemaCon, well getting ready to head off to CinemaCon And Michael was tied up with his um, Various projects And stuff, so uh, Michael is with us this week and we are going to be Talking about CinemaCon We're going to be talking about uh, Some new things in the gaming industry We are going to be talking about uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 3 And lots of other entertainment stuff. But before uh, we do that, I did want to mention a couple of quick products that uh, we were asked to try out recently. And they have been really, really impressive. We're having a great time with them. First one is Steeped Coffee. And you can go to their website, which is exactly as it sounds, SteepedCoffee.com. And this is a very interesting approach in that they have gourmet coffee coffee of all types of um, flavors. You can get everything from light, dark, uh, medium roast, you can get some, uh, you know, Ethiopian coffees, you can get things that they refer to as the California blend, so on and so forth. But what makes this interesting is that it comes in a bag. So think of it like a tea bag in the aspect. If you take a cup of hot water, you put the coffee bag in it, and you steep it like you would tea, um, there's a you know a very quick turnaround, but if you want to leave them in for a few minutes and have a stronger cup, you can have absolutely do that and It's really, really enjoyable. I am trying one of the combo packs right now, and it has been uh fantastic. We're about two days in on it, and it's got a really fun motif of a uh diver it's got a uh periscope, that sort of thing. There are various blends, as I said, and it's been featured in everything from good housekeeping, Forbes food and wine epicurious outside Rachel Ray's every day. And it was just a really unexpected thing to get asked to give this a try. And it has definitely been a lot of fun uh, trying out. So when you don't want to brew a full pot, you don't want to go the Keurig route, but you want to have yourself a cup of gourmet coffee quickly on the go. I could definitely see this being really popular in the offices in that people can have the flavors that they want when they want without, again, having to brew up a full pot or anything like that. You want to check out Steep Coffee. Now, another one uh, that I wanted to check out, and we're looking forward to giving this a long stretch, as we're getting closer and closer to the grilling season here in Arizona, it's starting to heat up. We're supposed to start cracking 100 degrees, and uh, believe me, the pool is looking more and more inviting every single day, as is the uh, grill outside. Well, one of the interesting things about this uh, company is called Casa M Spice Company, and they have won everything from zest fest awards to scoby awards to best in the dallas fort worth area gourmet gold awards and so on and they have a large range of spices for pretty much every type of meat and poultry and uh, fish that you can imagine and so uh right now we're trying uh, a combo pack of flavors, one is for beef, one is for chicken, and one is for pork, and another one is a, a universal spice they call chain reaction that spices everything. You just go to casamspice.com, and you'll be able to check those out. And they're low-sodium, keto-friendly, no MSGs, gluten-free, vegan and gourmet dry rubs, and I'm really excited to try these out because as we're getting into this time of year, obviously uh, salads become more and more popular uh, at this time of year. There's even things for fish, as I said, jerk seasonings, and they have all kinds of products uh, as well, so check them out. So, Michael, last week we had uh, CinemaCon going on, and lots of stuff coming out. I was there for a couple of days. I got to see a couple of screeners. We got to see the Warner Brothers showcase, got to see the Disney showcase, and then staff members covered uh, some of the other things that were on hand from Sony, Paramount, Universal Studios, as well as Lionsgate and um, others. And so uh, you didn't get a chance to take it in as much as you normally do. But uh, what were you surprised that you saw and what were you surprised that you didn't see at this year's show?
1: Honestly, I, I thought there was a lot of really good announcements that were uh, things that were coming up, some of which we knew about, obviously like the new Mission Impossible movie. I know we're um, we're waiting for that to come out and the announcement there was that it's going to release a couple days earlier than planned, which I thought was pretty interesting sometimes they'll actually do that where if you're in the audience they'll say you know available to stream right now as of today they've done that in years past for streaming shows so it's always interesting when we get to see um you know something that's announced a little bit earlier again two days earlier is that a big a big announcement probably not but at the same time these are the kinds of things that that show up um when you go to cinema con um obviously um they were they they previewed some the flash movie i believe and the new transformers movie um those of which that are coming this summer so those appear to be huge blockbuster movies um again there's a, a new smurfs movie that's coming out that's rihanna's gonna star in um from paramount i know paramount had a really good big showing warner obviously um i thought showed off some interesting things we knew about the barbie movie that was coming out um They're doing a new Willy Wonka prequel where Hugh Grant's gonna play in Hoopa Loopa. I thought that was pretty entertaining. Uh, Obviously the next chapter of Dune, um, which is a pretty exciting. I think when we were there last, when my wife and I were there last, we got to see the first, it was actually a fairly large portion of the original, the first Dune long before it came to theaters. So um, it's pretty um, common for you to kind of get some um, 20 minute views of things um uh, movies that are coming out that sort of thing uh you know of course sony had a pretty big presence there as well uh you know showing off um their uh craven the hunter which i guess is going to be their first r-rated sony's first of these r-rated marvel movie um spider-man across the spider-verse um again the first one was fantastic so looking forward to that um so overall just a bunch of really interesting announcements and releases um i think a little bit more is, is planned to come out sooner than I was expecting. But generally speaking, I thought they did a really good uh, show with quite a few of announcements uh, for this year
0: absolutely and what was interesting about it was the buzz i mean normally uh the first day of cinema is pretty quiet and you know for folks who haven't gone one of the things you have to realize is that the biggest uh audience for this is the theater owners and exhibitor industry and the press is there however um you know one of the things people have said is well, why are the showcases so far apart why don't they just do them you know bang 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 and that's because a lot of the um exhibitors have all these meetings they go to with various clients, everyone from Coca-Cola to Projectionist, there was a New Zealand company who are very in, uh, innovative they're a big company and doing like things that people can do with their phones before the movies. There's some companies there that do the little trailers and the trivia and the interview shows and stuff that you see before the trailer start. And this is all huge business for them, but not so much for the media. So like on one hand, as a member of the media, I go, wow, I'd love to have the, you know, the one showcase and then have the other one right after. But I realize with all of their other work that they have to do, there's a reason. They have a large gap, and plus, they throw so much stuff at you, you need some time to take it all in. And one of the interesting things was, as Michael had said, Uh, Sony started off as they generally do. They started things off last year and the Craven uh, really surprised people. You know, the the R rating, the action, the intensity of what was shown. And then when we got to the Warner Brothers showcase, we had a long state of the industry thing uh, to watch beforehand. We had all sorts of uh, special guests coming out and awards, stuff like that and it was really interesting to hear them talk about you know as we heard last year people talking doom and gloom about the industry and that streaming's the end of it and so on and so forth and that was um that was interesting because what really stood out was that they were talking about um how successful things have been <clears throat> excuse me recently and that one of them is that um They're already 30% above box office from same time last year. They talked about um, Steven Spielberg, excuse me, um, James Cameron. (coughs) Sorry, folks, I got a little something stuck there. Uh, James Cameron and company and how $2.3 billion for Avatar. And it's still making money. It's coming to, um, you know, it's video on demand but it's still bringing money in the box office. They talked about doing tax incentives for various countries all over the world who are now getting into the first run theatrical release business and how some of them in just a few years have already become the biggest market in their area. And they've talked about, you know, increasing, increasing, um, what would you call it? Increasing Asian Pacific Islander, uh, demographics in the film and so you know lots of stuff there and then when we got to the warner brothers uh showcase you know we saw things for and i'm i'm gonna try to zip through all of this uh but we saw barbie and you know the cast was there we saw a very nice clip for it michael has mentioned wonka timothy chalamet was there with his co-star we got to see that and it was very impressive prequel uh in that it shows how young Willy wonka became the person that he is and how he had to go up against the big four in the candy industry and you know battle them to become the person that he did Uh, We saw clips from The Nun 2, and we saw the first look at Dune Part 2, which was really impressive. They had cast members there. We had The Color Purple and Oprah Winfrey, and the cast was there. And um, just, you know, so much stuff. Obviously, Blue Beetle, they had the stars and the director there. We had um, Peter Safran came out. James Gunn did a segment via satellite because he was out promoting Guardians 3, he said – and we got a little bit of The Flash. There was a screening for that later, but, you know, mom's the word on that one. And, um, you know, lots and lots of stuff happening. And what I found really interesting was David Zasloff came out, and he, for those who don't know, he's the president and executive of Warner Brothers Discovery. And he talked about his childhood in Brooklyn and growing up and going to movies with his father. And he, he brought up something and how he how talked about how. HBO max soon to be max is considered is a very good product. But he, he says the theatrical platform needs to be in the theaters first, then to streaming, not making debuts on it because films get a bump when they're in the theater. They have this stat about most people know about when a movie is being released in theaters, but not so much on streaming. And he talked about how, Right before it goes to streaming, it gives another bump to the theatrical version of it. Uh, we had somebody from a, a NATO, the North uh, National Alliance of Theater owners, talked about how the sound systems and the screens and the projection that they have in the theaters now cannot be replicated at home, no matter how good it is, uh, how these things are still intended to be seen as a community. And what was so great about Zaslov is he came out and he talked about there was a time... When people and he said in Oklahoma had no idea what New York City looked like except for what they saw in movies. They had no idea what a high end dinner party was like except for what they saw in movies. And he talked about how every theater, uh, every Main Street had one and in some cases two theaters and how their job is to get people back to the Main Street theaters and talked about. And this was really touching. He said. We're only here for a limited time. And he referred he was referring to not life, but in the positions that they're in. And he said, it is our responsibility to take care of and develop these stories for the next generation and beyond. And I got to thinking about that. And you think about those old Warner Brothers movies because the studio is celebrating 100 years. And the people who were behind them, most of them are long gone. But those movies will live on forever. And it was very touching to hear him talk about that. So, you know, that was pretty impressive, Michael, I got to say. Now, switching gears, let's talk about uh, the next thing I saw, uh, which was Disney. What did you think about that?
1: Uh, So I didn't get a chance to really see what Disney um, brought forward. So I'm going to turn that over back over to you to, to provide an update on that one
0: all right so disney came out and the only star they had out was melissa mccarthy who was promoting um the little mermaid and she sang unfortunate soul we got to see the clip of unfortunate souls from the movie uh we got to see they had a pretty uh intense setup they talked about this is the first time in history that they had some they have something from all of their divisions hitting the screen in the same year and um you know that was pretty impressive, and real quickly I wanted to close out with a Warner Brothers thing. Uh, Zaslav said that when they when he took over they had six films basically they now have sixteen and there's going to be even more coming. So that was really impressive to hear. But as for Disney, we got to look at the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, we got to look at the Marvels. Uh, we got a look at a film coming from Gareth Edwards uh, called The Creator. It looks like an epic science fiction film, uh, a lot of action, androids, that sort of thing. We got a look at Tiki Watiki's film Next Goal Wins, which looks absolutely hysterical. And uh, we also got a look at some of the uh, other Projects in the work, like the Haunted Mansion, I already mentioned to you, Little Mermaid, which looks fantastic. But then we also got a look at a new animated film coming in November called Wish, and that was quite charming. They uh, showed us a uh, musical number from the production, and it was quite uh, catchy, you know, very the emotional, stirring Disney stuff that you expect. And then we were told to put on 3D glasses and were given a 20-minute scene from the upcoming Elemental, which was absolutely charming. I was, uh, you know, not quite sure how a animated film about a land of the elements would work, but the characters and the animation was fantastic. Really curious to see how the whole film will play out. And then, of course, uh, what would it be without a little bit of action? And we were treated to a scene from Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny to close things out, which was pretty impressive. We had an elaborate chase scene through the streets. And uh, then we also had a screening of the Boogeyman to uh, wrap up that. And uh, that was pretty cool. Later in the afternoon, Universal Studios came out. And, of course, obviously, we got a look at Fast X, which looks really, really good and uh, several of their other releases. And then, of course, the next day we had the showcase from Paramount, which included an extended scene from the next Mission Impossible. We got a look at Paw Patrol, uh, a look at Transformers Rise of the Beast. They even had a reception out uh, the previous night in the limo parking lot at the venue. So we have some pictures of that. And, of course, Lionsgate came out with an impressive list of things, And, of course, uh, they uh, had a uh, screening of Joyride. Now, the one thing that people were a little puzzled by was we didn't get anything on the Borderlands movie. And that came out uh, last year. They got a really quick sizzle reel and look at it. Did not get anything this time around. And uh, some people are saying, well, it's in reshoots and so on and so forth and, you know, all kinds of rumors. But I'm just going with what was available. And so that was really interesting to see and you know the great thing about it is there's just so much stuff and i'm only just lightly going over it i'm not even talking about uh all the posters that we saw the really cool sony gran turismo thing where they had playable pods to promote the upcoming movie and of course the um Uh, Main floor. We got to meet with some people that had some VR machines that they're going to be putting into uh, venues. We got to have a look at some new uh, 4D seating, which is really cool. And they had it up to some the first trailer from The Flash and some other clips. Uh, There are some seats, Michael, that are absolutely crazy. They're almost like full on lounges, like you could lay down and go to sleep in them. And we just saw lots and lots of screens and sound systems. And it's like they certainly and this was just what was on display. There was a lot of stuff behind closed doors. They were heard about, including some uh, we saw some of the Indiana Jones uh, concession items that include like little cups with a fedora on the top of them and stuff like that that are going to be coming. So lots and lots of stuff. And it will be really exciting. We're already making our plans for next year and uh, we'll get the team ready for that. So, uh, before we, you know, switch on and uh, start talking about guardians three and stuff, I did want to switch gears a bit and talk about some video game news. And, uh, we just had uh, a big game release this week and next week we have Redfall rolling out and, uh, May 2nd, you know, it's like wow, you know, so much attention uh, has been put on some various things and all of a sudden you come back, you're getting back to reality and all of a sudden it's hey, guess what? Start making time Redfall's coming out. So what are your expectations for this, Michael?
1: Well, I I'm getting it for free cuz it comes on Game Pass day 1. So for the folks who are on uh, Xbox Game Pass, that's the beauty of it is they don't need to put any money into it to play it and see how they how it goes. I know there's been some controversy around it, particularly in the last um, reveal that they had, where there were some concerns about, you know, typical things, how it looked, how how it was playing, that sort of thing. I, I do like that it's going to be that's going to have a, a solo. Um, I, I'm not a huge multiplayer gamer. I tend to do games solo as much as possible. Uh, so I do like the fact that it's going to have a, a solo element to the game, so you don't have to be in a in a team. While it's primarily focused on team-based um, shooting, my my schedule just rarely allows for that sort of thing. So I like the fact that it doesn't require that um, to enjoy the game. But at the same time, again, I one thing I do like about Game Pass is um, it gives you an opportunity to play the game without putting any money down on it. It does allow um, the, us to get the reviews and stuff out to get to see if people want to spend the money, and particularly in days like today where games are releasing at the $69.99 price point for Consoles in particular, that's I think where game, you know, the Game Pass really shines, is that you get all these um, Xbox Studio type releases or um, partner releases day one uh, included with your subscription. So again, it gives an opportunity to really enjoy the game without putting any money down and, and waiting for the reviews to kind of to kind of pan out. You know, I haven't done a pre-order in a game in probably five years. Uh, just no reason to anymore because it's better just to wait until the games are go on sale, um, in my opinion. Uh, or if we, you know, we have to be reviewing them, then we don't have to worry about that. For folks who, you know, need to be really conscientious with their spending, um, again, this gives them an opportunity to play it, and we'll get a chance to really see how it turns out. I'm excited for it. I don't. I know a lot of. Again, there's a lot of, you know, I think hesitance on it, and maybe a little bit of. Um, concerned that it's not going to be up to the par that we we're hoping for, but honestly, I think it looks pretty good. So we'll, we'll, I'm excited to see how it turns out.
0: Absolutely, and I think it's going to be very interesting. I mean, I'm I'm hoping to get a whole team together and play, but I also know uh, from playing like some pla- past uh, games like uh, Back for Blood and so on and so forth. Very difficult with the schedule to get your team all together at the same time to play. Sometimes you have to go solo, and sometimes you have to play with strangers. So I'm really anxious to see how that plays out. Um, you know, I'm curious. They, I understand some of the early play sessions, they allowed them to play only solo, saying that it was designed to go that way. But I'm kind of curious about... How different the play experience is gonna be whether you go in with a full team versus solo. But I'm I'm looking forward to it. I mean, come on, a four-player co-op where you can get to take out vampires and stuff like that. If uh, you know, I don't care if it's 30 or 60 frames at the start, as long as it plays smoothly and looks good. And we've already been promised stuff will be coming up. So, you know, what is so wrong with that? I certainly don't see anything wrong there. Another thing I wanted to mention. Is that uh, words uh, are coming out that the with the supply chain issues from the pandemic generally resolved, uh, Sony has apparently sold at uh, 6.3 million units of the PS5. And this is the highest number of quarter one consoles sold for any console across any generation. This currently brings the number of PS5 sold to 38.4 million, uh, which already brings it just shy of the PS4, which sold 41 million. So if you think about that, the PS4 was a remarkable success in the fact that with supply issues and everything being a factor, they are almost already there for the PS5. So that's really interesting. Um and then of course uh, they t- they're talking about at the same time in the release cycle the um, PS4 eventually sold 117 million units so they do have a lot to go but it's quite interesting in that um, you know we're still waiting for some of the blockbuster exclusives for it they just talked about the PSVR2 is now going to be available at various retailers in the upcoming near future versus having to buy directly. Uh, from Sony, and then Sony has also said they're going to start porting a lot of their um, bigger hits over to PC because it's been profitable for them. And then, of course, we've got a God of War and a Horizon TV series in the works as well, and not to mention another season of The Last of Us. So, Michael, what do you make of all this?
1: No, I think it's good. I mean, obviously, anytime we see... um i think switch is still outselling ps5 but switch has been nintendo's always been a success uh a major juggernaut when it comes to consoles um pro- especially at that price point point. plus the ps5 it, we're finally starting to see them in stores but it's been a long ride i think up until maybe a month ago you still couldn't get one if you went into a store to get one um and even now you're lucky to find one in a store so i still think there's significant supply issues with ps5 um personally i've had my ps5 for i don't know a year and half i rarely turn it on um just because for me there's not enough content to justify it um i'd rather play on pc than playstation 5 all things considered um but again it's always good to see um you know consoles continuing to to do well and and getting giving the opportunity to actually purchase them now and, and be able to use them um you know we're not we're not at a point where you can go into and find 10 sitting on the shelf so anybody can buy one. Uh, so I still think that's part of the uh, part of the problem. But the fact that it continues to sell well, um, the one thing I'm still waiting for is any real games that are going to justify it. At, at this point, I still don't think this console generation has any games to really justify the purchase to this point that are not um, already better on PC. Um, at some point, maybe they'll start seeing more, in the way of exclusives, but honestly, I'm still waiting for there to be um, a a system seller exclusive for any of the consoles that are on the market currently.
0: Absolutely. And uh, switching gears over to the box office, so no surprise, the um, Super Mario Brothers movie is continuing to lead at the box office. Evil Dead Rise is holding firm even uh, with the drop-off, and of course, we've got some new additions such as Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. Uh, the 40th, it's hard to believe, 40th anniversary of uh, Star Wars Episode VI, Return of the Jedi, is in theaters. And of course, the film that's uh, essentially called The uh, Scandinavian John Wick Sisu has made it out in various markets, and I'm hoping to catch a look at that. I wasn't able to make the screening, uh, but one screening I was able to make, We part of the reason we had to get back from CinemaCon a little earlier than expected uh, or hoped is that um, in addition to all kinds of things on the schedule, we had our IMAX screening of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume three. And while the embargo has lifted, I'm not going to spoil anything for you. We do have our non-spoiler review online at sknr.net. But I would say this, I think uh, my fair overview of it would be that it was a little slow getting started. Uh, but once it did get up to speed, it absolutely stuck the landing. There is the humor that you uh, expect, but I will tell people if you're planning on taking your kids, it does have a bit of a darker tone. There is a little more uh, disturbing uh, elements to this that uh, may unsettle some younger children, uh, you know, specifically to do with um, uh lab testing and animals and that sort of thing and i'll just leave it at that so you know you may have some people having a bit of an issue with that but the humor was absolutely good the uh two post-credit scenes that you definitely want to make sure that you don't miss and uh for those who are concerned About uh, the future of the franchise, I always say it is definitely addressed and I think people will be very, very happy with this. I'm going to be very curious to see how this uh, does when it comes out because it is kicking off the essentially the summer box office. We have that we have Fast X uh, following shortly after. And then, of course, you know, everyone's waiting to see how everything from Mission Impossible to some of the other films do. Uh, I know you haven't seen it yet, Michael, but did you want to make a quick comment on that?
1: I see it's getting pretty good reviews. I've always been a fan of the Guardian movies, so I'm I'm really excited for it. Uh, You know, I I think um, it's hard to maintain um, the same level of interest and excitement across um, sequels. We've kind of seen that in the past with various other movies. So the fact that Guardians still continues to to draw people in and still tells a good story, I think that's positive for the film, the franchise.
0: And it will also be telling to see going forward because I've had people say, oh, you know, the last few Marvel films haven't done as well as some of the others and what they'd hoped for. And that, you know, Guardians 3 is obviously going to do well because it's built in. But is there going to be a slump with uh, the Marvels afterwards and some of the things that come down the line? And I'm like, well. You know, you have to take these things one at a time. You can't just sit here and project well into the future where everything is going to be. You have to just simply say, this is the film that's before us. Let's enjoy this. And then we'll worry about the next one when it comes in November. Um, real quick, wanted to mention that Twisted Metal, the uh, TV series coming to Peacock with Anthony Mackey based on the um, popular PlayStation series has dropped a very quick teaser trailer and some artwork. So uh, you definitely want to check that out. And the final thing I wanted to get to today is we had alien day uh, while we were at CinemaCon, and we did actually get a little more than usual. We had a new release trailer for aliens, dark descent. We had a brand new um, chapter revealed uh, expansion for the aliens role-playing game. We got three new pictures of production artwork from the TV series, a uh, few products uh, that were listed and of course, we got the first image from the upcoming film now, while it was nothing more than a face hugger around a production slate, it was something. So what did you make from all of this, Michael?
1: Yeah, I was glad to actually see some content typically the past couple of years, the Alien days has been kind of not not revealed a lot um. So I I thought they did quite a bit. I I, I like the new um, video game footage. Obviously the role playing game I uh, I have that. I don't have a chance to play it, but I do have it because I enjoy the lore and stuff that goes along with it. And and generally speaking, you know, we it seems like it's generating some more excitement and more interest. And again, that's a franchise that seems like a no brainer to be able to produce quality content on. I know it's really struggled. Um, I think trying to tell too much of a of the prequel story. Um, and not focusing on, on what people really want to see. I think that's where some of the, the missteps have been um, along the way. But I, I hope with the new games that are coming out, um, the updates, to the games that exist, and some of that renewed interest um, in the studio, that we'll start to see you know, a lot more um, you know done with that particular with that particular franchise because again, I think that's a franchise that I, that I think would be would sell itself, um, so it, it it's always kind of surprised me how they could um, go from aliens um to, to alien um resurrection right aliens 3 eh. but but to, to kind of you know and again to kind of see that falter the same way with colonial Marines uh, the sega release um they're just it just seems like you know it doesn't take a lot to really show off that that franchise because there's so much deep lore there. so I'm hoping that um, we're starting to see renewed. Not only interest, but kind of starting to um, adjust the the lore to kind of fit that fit the profiles of the games and the movies, and and try to tell the story that I think all of us have been waiting to hear for a long time.
0: Absolutely, and I think what's really interesting is I don't know if you heard, but um, one of the announcements that came out that really surprised people was that there's going to be a book about bishop coming out bishop the android uh from the alien series now it's due out in october of this year and what is really interesting is it is a direct sequel to aliens and aliens 3 so there were some people thinking that they might try to retcon and say oh alien 3 never happened because you know there was the whole plan on making a sequel but apparently uh this has to do with bishop's creator essentially pulling him off the scrap heap after the events of alien 3 i think enough time have gone by that we don't have to call this a um spoiler and then basically he puts uh plans in action so basically the synopsis is massively damaged in alien and aliens 3 the synthetic bishop has to be shut down forever. His creator Michael Bishop has other plans. He seeks the xenomorph knowledge stored in the android's mind and brings Bishop back to life. But for what reason? No longer an employee of the Wayland Utani Corporation, Michael tells his creation that he seeks to advance medical research for the benefit of the humanity. Yet where does he get the resources needed to advance his work and who um, with whom do his new allegiances lie? Bishop is pursued by the Colonial Marines, Captain Marcel Apone, commander of the Ilkande and younger brother of Master Sergeant Apone, one of the casualties of the Doom mission to LV 426, as well as the dog catcher commandos employed by Wayland Yutani. And I'm like, all right, I, I'm i am hooked. That sounds like something I, I read. So would yeah, no, rather uh,
1: start making movies that have the same hooks as the novels and the uh, comic books, and we'll be in a good place.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, this is coming in hardcover and Kindle in October, but I'm like, yeah, why not? I'll, I'll definitely uh, roll the dice. For that. The last thing I wanted to mention real quick, and this came up, is Amazon excuse me, Prime Video has a new series out called Citadel, and this is done by the Russo brothers. Uh, very interesting concept. It's a spy thriller, and you have Stanley Tucci in it, as well as a very interesting cast. And uh, word is it's cost $300 million to produce six episodes. It's all over the world, and they're apparently, as explained to us, going to be various spinoffs, such as you may see one made for one country one made for another country. But elements of those shows may be thrown into the direct ones. So I know, Michael, you haven't had a chance to see it yet. I'm just throwing it out there for people that if you uh, – you know, the first – episode kind of seemed like all right this is a bit all over the place the second episode really kind of got things in a linear path going uh kind of expected that they had a change in production teams getting going uh but what i saw looked really good and that is going to do it for us today folks i hope you have a wonderful week ahead and next week we hope to be back with justin and the full crew and bring you up to date on all the latest news and happenings in the worlds of gaming and entertainment and until that time take care be safe